Welcome to the Shooting the Cue podcast, presented by Heat Riles Barbecue, with tips, tricks, and an inside look with some of the top pitmasters in the game. Now here's your host, Heath Riles. Welcome back, everybody. Today's episode of Shooting the Cue, we're joined, of course, by my lovely wife, Candace. How are you doing today, hon? I'm good. Just good? Great. Great. That's right. It feels that way after the rush we've had lately, isn't it? It's been busy. Yeah. Very busy. A lot of uh a lot of things going on. Uh got kinda hectic last week. We got away from work with my son having to have gallbladder surgery and uh all that and all that went well and he's all good my now. My dad having some stuff. And your dad having some stuff at the hospital. My dad's friend having some stuff. Just everybody. he's still having some complications. He is. Bless his heart. Yeah, we need to say a little prayer for him. It's it's been crazy. Work Family, life, it's kind of been all running together lately. So we've been working on some new recipes coming up. Uh, talked about all that. But one of the biggest things you told me about that I did not, I guess I, that blindly went over my head, was the new Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. Yeah, so I had been seeing this on social media for, I don't know, it hasn't been very long, like maybe a week or so, that Chick-fil-A was going to be coming out with this new sandwich, like, pimento cheese on it and that's all I really knew I didn't know the details I just knew pimento cheese and you know I'm really picky when it comes to that um really really picky not normally a store-bought pimento cheese person at all um but anyways I got an email just yesterday actually saying that that sandwich was out so we decided to eat that for dinner and it so basically it's their traditional chicken, chicken sandwich, sandwich with Pimento cheese. It's also got honey and is it candied jalapenos or just regular pickled jalapenos? I I'm think a, it's pickled. Yeah, I think it's just pickled jalapenos, but it's got the honey drizzled on the chicken breast yeah. before the pimento cheese. Correct. And I can honestly say Chick-fil-A done a job there. They, that's I mean, I feel like nothing's ever, me personally, nothing's bad from Chick-fil-A. I mean, that's just my opinion. but Not really. I mean, it's... That's one of the companies to respect, especially since they're closed on Sunday. And what's really cool to me, what attracts me to follow Chick-fil-A some, not only do they have good food, but they also, all of their sauces are, the profits are donated for kids to go to college that work there. They take zero of the profit. And so, which I think that is just spectacular that a company yeah. still does that in today's times. And they've got a lot of sauces now. I mean, I feel like it started minimal, and now it's it's a lot. Well, you know, they're they're also doing a grilled version of that sandwich, so I think that may be something that I tackle coming up. I may have to go ahead and make my own version of that sandwich. So I think you can get, like, their traditional fried, or you can get the spicy fried, or you can get grilled. I bet the spicy fried with honey is probably pretty good. So, we like I said, we tried it, and I thought it, you took the jalapenos off of yours just because seeds, and you're not supposed to have any seeds, but I ate them on mine. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I Something mean, I different. It. it was really good. Well, moving on, talking about another topic that come out this week, talking about the Southern Living <laughs> ranked the top seven barbecue restaurants in the Memphis area. And they started off at number seven at Payne's Barbecue which is, in my opinion, severely underrated. Uh, Payne should be up a little bit more. It's uh, got a really good chopped barbecue sandwich with slaw. It's on point. The barbecue bologna is on point. Number six, Interstate Barbecue. 
I know you've been to interstate with me several times before. I'm going to say it's so-so. I, I don't know if it's one of the top seven. Cozy Corner. Number severely five. at number five underrated. To I me, haven't been there. I'm going to flat out call it. It's going to be hard for me to say that's not the best rib Is that where you went with Blaine that time? Yes. That's probably Your the son. best rib in Memphis, in the city limits of Memphis. If you don't include Memphis Barbecue Company, which is in Horn Lake, that definitely, I think, is the number one rib in Memphis. Um, number four on the list is, of course, the famous rendezvous. I'm going to leave that alone. It's great sausage and cheese plate. Uh, I don't do the ribs. Cold beer. That cold beer's great. <laughs> Central's at number three, which is it's setting about average. I would feel like where they need to be. They have good ribs, uh, great pulled chicken salad. Uh, love their jerk wings. Uh, they make all their sauces, you know, from scratch. Their dressings and stuff. Uh, really good. The barbecue shop at number two. I haven't been there either. I used to sell beer to Eric, so you know, back in the day, Eric was great. Uh, barbecue spaghetti, some of the best in the city. Can't go wrong by checking them out. But their ribs are great too. But number one, A and R Barbecue. I just can't see it. I don't know who put this list together. I haven't A&R, been to A and R either, I, so I, I can't say one way or the other. I've been to A and R a dozen times, and I cannot see in any of those dozen visits where it deserves to be number one. And I'm I'm not discrediting them. They have great barbecue. They're just not number one, not in my opinion. And I know. Uh, we run a blind taste test. I don't, I don't know. It would be, it'd be pretty cool. We need to get back to the whole rib visit, though. It's time for me to rank ribs. It's fifty restaurants in the city limits right now. That's a lot. In Memphis, of surrounding area around here, including DeSoto County, that has it's fifty barbecue restaurants, and we have the list, and I have the list here, and it's time to start checking some off and and start giving them some scores. So at one time we kind of had an idea. And started it, but then life just got crazy, and um, we we planned to go to all these restaurants and order lots of things and kind of review it on camera, release that on social media. We we did one, and it did get released, and that was Tom's Barbecue here in Memphis. Um, Tom's Barbecue has been on diners, drive-ins, and dives. Um, I have a personal connection there from a long time ago. Um, Adam actually owns Tom's Barbecue. It's not Tom that owns Tom's. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so we did do that. And then after that, we just kind of stopped. So that's kind of something we need to get back to, going to all the different barbecue restaurants here in our area. But but I feel like there are definitely some ones that should have been on that list that, that weren't. I mean, it's definitely, I mean. I don't have that list in front of me, but. It's it's a very long list, and some of the restaurants you would not know, but even as far as just like a rib game, Blue City's got a great rib. I mean, it does on Bill Street. Yeah. Um, you know, but if you include Memphis Barbecue Company in the mix. I mean, I feel solid. like Memphis Barbecue is Memphis. I mean, I know it's Horn Lake, but, I mean, that's it North is. Mississippi right on the Memphis line. That's Memphis. You know, but the one we have not – been to that we need to go visit now is Bain Barbecue downtown and their Texas style barbecue. Well, that was Midtown. Uh, Midtown. Yeah. Midtown. Yeah. Midtown. I say downtown. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but you hear nothing but great things about Bain Barbecue. Uh, traditional Texas style pit barbecue in downtown Memphis. 
So we we need to go give it a try. It's a bakery too, right? Yes. Like barbecue and bakery. Barbecue and bakery. I'll be the judge of that. You'll be the judge of that. <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to wait any further. I want to bring our guest on. Today, we're going to be joined by our good friend, Craig Vahagas, the barbecue ninja, also works for Roll Oak Charcoal. Let's get Craig on in here. All right, and we're back, everybody, and we're joined by our guest today, our good friend, Craig, from Roll Oak Barbecue, but better known to me from my good friends, U-Bonds Barbecue. How are you doing today, Craig? Man, I'm outstanding. It's uh, it's it's awesome to be here. I've been watching your show here, and uh, you, you've got a great podcast. And, man, I, I thought to myself when I first saw it, I can't wait to get on there. Yeah. Here I am. <laughs> well, man, you know, you've been friends. We've been friends a long time, seen yeah. each other on the circuit many years, cooking, and always had a good time hanging out. And it's just crazy. And, and we've talked about it off camera before, how barbecue is kind of, involved and just took the lives of so many people in a twist of way and took people away from corporate jobs and training and yeah. now people make such a living in barbecue it's kind of crazy ain't it well yeah, it really is and i think you know it was kind of in the back of our mind that that was our end goal and once we really got into it it just kind of you know got so much momentum and 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 it really got a lot of legs and and you know i I had a goal, and that was to, you know, 25 years, retire the insurance business and be in barbecue full-time, and that's what I got to do. So, nothing wrong uh, with that. No, nothing at all. And, and seeing, uh, you know, the hard work you put in and the, the awards you won, the, the, the rubs and sauces you developed, and it's it's been, been fun to sit back watching your success, too. It's been a wild ride, I can tell you. <laughs> well, for the people that don't know you, Craig, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from. And kind of how you got into barbecue and what you do now in barbecue. Okay. Um, well, it, it goes back 25-plus years. Um, it's, it's been been quite a while. It's, it's, you, know, you blink a few times, now you're the, one of the older guys in barbecue. But, uh, but I, I, you know, I started right out of college. You know, it was um, me and some buddies. Uh, Oktoberfest, actually, in Cleveland, you know. It's one great of, contest. Yeah, great contest. Near and dear, exactly, yeah. And uh, they needed, you know, they actually needed another NBN team to kind of get sanctioned and, to, you know, get the field going. And and so me and some buddies decided to, you know, hey, we, we can cook. You know, we, we're pretty good. <laughs> and uh, we got together and, and did that uh, comp- competition for the first time. And we made finals and shoulder and got third in shoulder. And, of course, you know what happens then. <laughs> so hundreds of thousand of dollars later, exactly, you know, uh, here we are. And, and uh, so, we, you know, we, we had that team. It was called Pork and to Please. Um, and, uh, pork and to Please. Pork and to Please. It was Pork I-N-N, like you're in a N to please and uh yeah a little little name play there but uh we did that for about three years and and i tell you at at that age you know guys started getting married guys started moving off away and and it kind of uh got down to really just me (laughs) and uh and over those years i uh got to know gary roark real well from u bonds and matter of fact he would request and i would request to be next to each other at competitions because notoriously we're gonna forget something i mean we have forgotten rub we've forgotten charcoal we've forgotten fence we've forgotten tents you know or somebody just don't show up you know something like that so he always was there and always was there to help me and and uh so when we kind of disbanded he he called me up and said hey man you know if you're still 
you know, interested in cooking barbecue, love to have you on the team. And, you know, back then, man, he was – he had won Memphis in May shoulder, and he was just burning up the circuit and somebody that was – that I, I thought would be awesome to learn from, not only barbecue but life. And uh, He was a good man. You know, yeah, he was a great man. Yeah, and uh, – um, so, yeah, that was just a phone call I'll never forget. And I was like, heck, yeah, man. And, and I went to Delta State with uh, Leslie and and uh, and Jennifer, his daughters, and also his son-in-laws, both uh, Heath and, and Kevin. So knew them real well. And uh, it was just a yeah, it was just a match that was meant to be. So uh, been with them ever since then. You know, that was, gosh, I, I say 25-plus years. I started saying 26, 27, and I just started saying, okay, it's 25-plus. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then uh, just – and I sold insurance also in those 25 years. I started an agency in Cleveland from scratch and built it up. And uh, and like I said, it was just a goal of mine to be in barbecue, uh, you know, full-time eventually. And so, you know, after 25 years, I was vested in retirement and insurance. And this opportunity with Royal Oak came along. And, you know, they wanted to really build the Royal Oak brand and, you know, wanted somebody to spearhead that. And it was just – it was a perfect job and, you know, perfect company. I was already representing them. And, and you know the people from there and, and you've – Great you, people. Yeah, great people. Great I mean, people. And uh, so it was a no-brainer. I was like, well – this is what I wanted, you know, don't hesitate when you're offered, you know, what you wanted and, and it's right in front of you, you gotta, you gotta grab it and go. So that's what I did. So a few weeks ago, uh, well, I guess you, what's your role at Royal Oak to be exact? You're yeah, I'm, marketing, I'm marketing, coordinator. marketing um, coordinator. I'm over, yeah, I'm over the, uh, the, the sponsor team program. I'm over the ambassador program. I also, you know, kind of the expert on staff you know they, they come to me for any barbecue questions any you know and then do a, you know a lot of the content for them also yeah. and and uh so yeah that's that's a lot of what i do well with you being the barbecue coordinator for marketing and all that your travels as i know you get to go to a lot of these big events and a, and a lot of things and do a lot of things and so before we get into the event stuff, last a few weeks ago, you just had Malcolm over to headquarters, right? Yeah. And y'all yeah. done a live over there at the right. Pavilion and all yeah. that. And, yeah, we did. And for the people that have not seen the Pavilion at Royal Oak, it is a app. It's just gorgeous. Yeah. It's in the woods. You might see deer and squirrels and rabbits yeah. and right and and snakes and <laughs> you know. And there's a big lake out there, a big pond anyway, mm -hmm. and it's just a beautiful uh, hidden gem. Uh, over in Georgia, yeah. and um, I like to call that my office out there. Office. You know, because that's yeah. where all the grills are. That's where the kitchen is. That's where we shoot all the videos out there. So um, when I come to the home office, that that's where I I go. That's where I am. You know, they have to call me inside to go inside <laughs> the building. They're like, "Hey, Craig, we're having a meeting," and I was like, oh, "Okay, I'll but, come in there." Yeah, that that's where I'm going to be. Well, you had Wi-Fi run out to the pavilion, so you yeah. could work out there at the pavilion. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I mean, it's cool and nice out there. The concrete and the way mm -hmm. it's shaded. I mean, you've been mm -hmm. out there. It's really yeah. nice. Yeah, um, love it. Well, in a few weeks, we've got coming up in October. Well, I guess in a little over what a month and a half or something like that away. Um, we got the Royal Oak Invitational coming up the yeah. weekend of the 20th and 21st. Yeah. How's yeah. that coming along? Everything good? And y'all yeah. starting to get everything selected oh, out? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's real busy time for that right now. Um, yeah, this is time for, you know, getting the final team selections and then getting all that done. And, yeah, it's a tough time. You know, we, we've got uh, – 
around 90 sponsored teams, and, and we have – It's hard telling somebody no. Right, and, and we've really done a diligent – our due diligence to choose the best teams out there. The, not only the best competition teams, but the best teams uh, social media-wise and also the best teams that represent the brand. And, and that's important just because we want people to be a part of the family. That That's what – I've kind of wanted and built here is is that kind of atmosphere, not somebody that, hey, because they give me charcoal, I'm here. Well, they give me more charcoal, I'm over there next year or something like that. Right. We want them to, you know, be a part and, and bought into it. And, and doing the Royal Oak Invitational, you know, that really solidifies when somebody comes on that campus. They really understand the culture a lot. Right. How many teams participate in that? We we pretty much have a cap at 35 teams. That's all you can fit. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I I wasn't sure the exact number. Right, right. It's all we can fit in there. And, and, uh, and, we don't want to move it anywhere else. Yeah, you know, no. We, we, we could go to the PJ parking lot across the street. I mean, it's just across the street, but it's not it, the same. It's not, not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> well, and, and y'all even pull your cars out and get shuttled in yourself yeah. just to fit teams in. So that's just to let everybody know how tight it is. And mm-hmm. they fill up the whole parking lot and the whole campus. Yeah. It's pretty, right. Yeah. It's cool with that. There's a lot of logistics. A lot of And they open the whole campus to all the teams there. I mm-hmm. mean, make yourself at home kind of. Right. Very hospitable. Yeah, like. and we encourage for them to bring their families. Um, we, inc- you know, it's, it's, it's also an employee appreciation, yeah. too. Our employees at the home office bring their families out and because we want them to they, – they get a chance to see – sitting behind that computer and doing all they do. They actually get to see that charcoal in action. They get to see those teams cooking that product. Right. Because, you know, at the very end, we put all that, that competition barbecue out on tables, and we give them to-go boxes, and they come in, and they get to get all that competition yeah. barbecue and take it home with them and, and do all that. But in the meantime, they can walk around during the day, and, you know, teams are receptive to, you know, if they got questions or something like that, right. they answer the questions and and uh, and they also get to see the people that are behind the brand. You know, they right. get to see the ambassadors and Heath and, and Malcolm, myself, Leslie, Megan, Ferg. They're all there, and and Robert Sierra came last year. You know, which was really cool having him there. And and uh, um, I hope I'm not forgetting anybody. There's uh, what, so what, many people there yeah. that I see, and it's like you know, at the hotel. That's another thing. Yeah, You know, you get back to the hotel, and it's kind of like any other barbecue convention going on, right? <laughs> Every barbecue person's in the lobby, and everybody's trying to get that last cocktail in yeah. before everybody goes <laughs> to bed or last beer down. And it's always a good time when you see your barbecue family like that. And yeah. that's why I, that's one of the biggest things of going to the events like that is right. you're seeing the, the barbecue family like that. Well, yeah, I mean, you're bringing in cooks from California, cooks yeah. from Boston, New York. Minnesota, Illinois, I mean, they're from all over the country. And, right. and a lot of times they don't get that interaction unless it's a major, you know, they may get together at the American. Then they're so busy they don't get to visit and sit around and, and do that. crazy to oh. try to visit you. And it's so big to try to walk around. And yeah. we were trying to go this year, but we're gone every week. And I'm like, look, I'm going to have to be home that week. I can't go. Yeah. You know, I just, I can't go that week. We're we, traveling too much. I mean, you know us. Being MBN people, um, you know, that was not something we, we – I did. I went to my first American Royal two years ago. 
Oh, really? Two yeah. years was your Two first year Two years ago was my oh, first wow. year to go. We were there. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, y'all were there. Yeah. That, that was when was the, y'all had the Traeger area. Yeah, we were with Traeger. And, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I got a real call there. Yeah, yeah. That, but that was my first year. You know, oh, I was wow. just like, oh, my God. You know, I, but I learned that you either have to – you either have to have a golf cart or you have to have a parking pass <laughs> and ride around that place because I'd go to one team over here and they wouldn't be there, you know. And yeah. then I'd go to one team on the other side, which is about a mile, and then, you know. It wouldn't be there. Yeah, it wouldn't be there. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So, uh, and you try to call people, when are you going to be back? I got something for you. I got that parking pass last year, and I just drove for two days until they made me get out of there and visited everybody and, you know, wish teams luck and, and all that. and let them know that uh, we're there to support them. And, uh, well, you've been to a lot of big events. So I'm going to throw this out there. <laughs> so speaking of big events, what are your thoughts on Memphis in May? I'm sure that you have seen online, social media, what what's well, kind of going on there as far as it may never be at the river again, they're saying. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think the bottom line is Memphis in May is at Tom Lee Park. It's on the river. I, I mean, agree. you know, it it's, gives you a special feeling. I've said that a, a mul- multiple times. Yeah, it's just the the whole atmosphere on that yeah. riverside, and 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 you know, in the evening, seeing that sunset over that river, and uh, being there with your barbecue family and your people, and yeah. it's a big family reunion for us. We've done it for so long, and and you know, we've we've I've been to the two that's been at. at at, Tiger at the, Lane, at Tiger Lane, and, yeah. you know, in eleven, I think when the flood happened, we had to go over there, and and it did its job, but <laughs> you know, and of course it we was were also throw together too. So I don't know. Maybe if it's better planned, it would get better over there. I don't know. I don't. I just I got the feeling it was just another parking lot cooking. You know, I didn't get the feeling it was. You Memphis don't have that. That warm, fuzzy feeling, or I don't yeah. know how to describe it. I mean, but when you it's come over different. that hill and you see that river, man, and you I see agree. the you see all the tents set up and you see all the people out there, that's Memphis in May. I agree. <laughs> you know? I agree. Um, well, just watching it on the news every morning, you know, they always, I don't know, we're up when the sun's rising, taking showers, and mm-hmm. you know, you got the news on and. You know, Ron Childers is always going to be there to yeah. see, oh, yeah. <laughs> to see a, what's going fixture. on with everybody. Yep. It is totally different. It's just like being down there. I This year, you know, watching the sun rise Saturday morning and the smoke boiling and rib teams firing up and mm-hmm. hog teams stoking a fire and That's shoulder it. teams, you hear alarms going off at 6 a.m. in the morning. And it's, it's so different down there i had chill bumps i we recorded a video and i picked up my mom and i said just look at the chill bumps here mm-hmm. and it, it is very different down there i i hope they get some something figured out yeah i hope so too um it, it just uh, uh it's got to bring good business downtown it's it's got to help that and 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 i don't know it's just um Finding a good area to have it if they do move it, but I don't. I just I just don't ever want to see it move from Tom Lee Park. I, that's just me, and that's how I will be. And that's just it. Memphis and Mays is it on the river. I agree. If they're gonna spend another, what is it, one point three million dollars, they may as well put in some better sidewalks down there, though. <laughs> shrubbery and dirt work and grass, as we know, living in Mississippi, it don't cost that much, no, Greg. No, that's it's it's not that much. No. Um, so, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's going to happen down there. I mean, you either reserve for it 
you know, you set aside reserve money to know that you got to come in behind that and and do some work behind it. But you got to figure that out. I mean, because that that didn't happen for the first time. No, that's been happening for years. Every year. Right, right. So, no surprise, but the amount was a little bit of a surprise. But I think uh, that what I'm gathering from some inside sources now that it more or less turned into a no communication match with Memphis in May for – None of the body, nobody from the Memphis River Parks really understood the the transportation end and logistics end of a contest, and they went in there and they didn't pour the sidewalks as thick, and they didn't. The lanes are usually eight foot wide, and they poured them six foot mm. wide. Yeah, and and when you're doing that kind of stuff, I knew the cost would be a little bit more because, as you know, you can't do dirt work and then two weeks later throw sod on it and then hold an event a week later. And, no. When you back a 30,000-pound trailer off the asphalt, you know what happens. Yeah, it's it gonna sets sink. down. <laughs> it's going to sink. Uh, and I think every barbecue trailer weighs between we 20 and We can't just blame barbecue, though. I mean, look at Music Fest now. Those yeah. are some big stages. You can't, yeah. you know, those artists are bringing in 18-wheelers and all their equipment. And yeah. I, I'm just not willing to take the blame, all of it, on barbecue, personally. But yeah. that's just me. At the end of the day, all we can do is pay an entry fee is the way I look at <laughs> right, it. And, right, And hope that we can get back on the river again. And yep. If not, I'm like you, Craig, it'll be another parking lot contest. But yeah. I know somebody that'll be there in the parking lot cooking. That'll be me. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever it's at, I'm going to be there. There again, go back to the 25-plus years I've been there, and, and I've only missed two, and that was COVID and when Heath, uh, Heath Scott graduated uh, med school. The only two I've missed probably in the last that. 27 years. So They just sent me a picture from the podium. Mm-hmm. I'd have been in Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> we got lucky. He, he, this Heath's son graduated two weeks before Memphis and May. We were always what worried. What did I ask when we registered? For we the- were always <laughs> worried that graduation was going to end yeah. up. But now we have our daughter, so who knows 18 years from now how that's going to end up. I'm going to be retired by then. <laughs> I know, 18 you, years from now. You won't see me there in 18 yeah, years. I know. I can tell you that. Years, a, you might see me there, but it's going to be. Uh, I might be judging. Might be a judge or something. <laughs> you're going to root me out of the woods in 18, yeah. 18 years to get me to For see sure. daylight. <laughs> well, you know, talking about contests and all, Craig, I got to take a 90 degree turn. Let's talk about this alligator you just killed, buddy. <laughs> well, uh, you know, that was. Uh, that that was pretty cool for one thing. It's it's one that we've uh, we we got a camp and we get private land tags, so we've got an, a lake there that that we primarily hunt. And uh, you know we've seen this alligator on this lake for the last seven years since we got to be members, and uh, and so we've hunted that alligator not primarily, but he's one of the alligators on that lake that we 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 hunt every year and. And, uh, you know, we've, we've hooked him, or I personally have hooked him about four times, three times, but he's smart. You know, those things don't get to be, you know, 11 feet and 50 years old being dumb. And uh, he had an area he would go to and, and it had a lot of logs down and limbs down. He'd swim through those things, and it would either catch the hook and pull it or he'd tangle all the line up. And uh, we'd have to cut the line because it was tangled so bad. So he, he he's been there and done that with us several times. And uh, but this time we caught him more out in the open. And uh, and the lake was so low, all of his his uh, escape route and trees and stuff were up out of the water, so he really couldn't get there to it. And uh, yeah, so we we 
got him out in open water, and that that was his uh, his wrong move. And uh, so so yeah, it was. Uh, it took us about an hour to. So how does it him. work in Mississippi? I know it's different everywhere with the animals you harvest. Y'all have to snag them first, correct? Well, we do, and uh, now we can shoot them during the day. Uh, with a rifle, power rifle. Um, now, now, y'all usually do that. No, we we've never done that actually. Um, but you could because you got to be able to to get to, to retrieve them. them. Yeah, and 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 so, uh, and now I tell you, it's it's funny because you've got these these hummingbird systems on these boats that give the three D imaging of the bottom, so you, you can yeah. you can see that. And we've got a few boats that actually have that, so uh, um, it is an option, but it's. Not really what we do. I mean, we go out there with the snag rods, and and like this one, he sat down on the bottom when we got close to him. We actually got in between him and where his little area is, and he was out in the open water, so we kind of cut him off. So he went down to the bottom, and we sat there, and, you know, then all of a sudden you see the big bubble start coming up, and you're like, well, there he is, and you start, you know, casting till you snag him. And then I snagged him, and then my buddy was next to me. He threw and he snagged him like the throw right after. So almost simultaneously, we snagged him. And then he took off. Thank goodness we had two hooks in him because mine came out. And because uh, sometimes you get them in the leg or something, and they start swimming, they'll they'll pull the hook or throw it out. And uh, and so yeah, we were we were fortunate to have two hooks in him when he did that. And uh, and so he instead of you know going towards where we were in his little area, he kind of went out more in the open water, which was good for us because. You know, as they swim, they have to come up for air more and more. They get tired, and and, uh, and so we kept seeing him come up and, you know, kept on him. And then finally when he got good and tired, he went to the bottom again. And when he did that, that's when we were able to situate over the top of him. We got a big treble hook and a rope and able to, to you know, throw it out there, drag the bottom and, and get that, you know, big hook in him and the big line. And when you do that, that gives you leverage to – able to pull him up and uh when you get him to the top that's they do that death roll and uh and he just wrapped himself up in the rope and the line and all that so but but once they do the death roll they, they they're spent i mean they release all their adrenaline and and uh once they do that they're done and then you just get their head to to situated where you can you know put the final shot into it so, so how does one get into gator hunting what what made you one day say I'm going to do this? Were you raised to do that? Did your family do that? I'm going to interrupt. <laughs> Sounds like some shit I want to do. <laughs> well, I just want to know how we, you would get into that. that. I mean, did you um, know somebody doing it? Well, how did how did you get into the, that? You need to take a class. They they take you through like a day class, and and thank goodness we did that because I say we. There was two two of our members that did that because they tell you the equipment you need, right. how you need to go about it, kind of how you need to do it, and all that, which ended up being beneficial. The first one that we that we caught because kind of kind of knew what we needed to do right you know and uh so we we knew those big alligators were out there on this lake and and um and we just said let's let's do this i mean we we've got the place to do it is we get private land tags so we don't have to go into the draw system um you know the the owner of our camp he just uh what you do is you map out the, the water acreage you have on your your camp and then you get tag one or two tags or however many tags based on that water acreage and you're guaranteed those every year where the draw system you have to 
do that. You have to register and go in the draw, and you might get drawn, you might not, but you're hunting public waters then. You're hunting Yazoo River, or you're hunting, um, it depends on what zone you're in and right. all that. It's just a little more to it, but uh, but yeah, we decided to give it a, give it a whirl, and, and uh, went out there, and, and first time we were out there, we actually went out the day before just to kind of prospect, you know, look around a little bit. Well, we went out there, and those alligators had never been chased on that lake. They'd never been bothered. They never, you know, just a couple guys out there fishing, and they just kind of went the other way. Didn't didn't bother them. So, first time we went out there just looking, there was like a ten foot alligator swimming ten yards in front of the boat. He was just moseying along, and we're just right behind him in the boat. And and uh, I was like, well, I don't think we're gonna have much trouble, you know, with these alligators here. They're very comfortable. They weren't skittish at all. And then that next night is when we went out and we we hooked up on a ten foot alligator. So you typically night. do it at night. We typically do it at night. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, Saturday was the first day that we got to go in in daylight because uh, the guy that has the camp and has the tags and you have to have a tag holder in the boat. He farms and this is always harvest for him so he's always working during the day and um and he's only able to go at night well you know he was he got ahead on his corn and and he was started on his beans and they were bringing another combine to help anyway they decided to wait till monday to really get going and he had you know saturday off so we actually went down there to get the get the uh, batteries out of the boat after going friday night and then we all got down there and we were like Let's go ride around a little bit. Let's just go take a look, because the water was so low. We like, you know, let's see where there's logs or structure and all this. Take a look, and I just happened to have a you know twenty two rifle in my my side by side. So I said, let's grab a rifle just in case. We already had the poles in the boat, and sure enough, <laughs> that's how it happened. Yeah, it was just. So have you ever only gator hunted there at where you're used to going, or have you gone? elsewhere have you gone to other states no i've only gator hunt right there you know with those private landowner tags because you know we can't go to public waters and matter of fact we got a lake right across the street from our house our camp houses um it's called lake jackson and we can't hunt that because it's public water although it's private land which our farmer has land around there but it's public water and we have private tags so we can't hunt that and we have seen a huge alligator over there. Oh wow! And uh, but it's in the area, so you know we we kind of yeah. If area. we take a couple of dominant males or the dominant male out of that lake that we have, maybe he moves over there, and because the water's real low, if it gets low enough, he's got to go somewhere. You know, yeah. he may travel over there because I mean the river's right there too, so he may go to the river. We don't know, but he's in the area for yeah. sure. So what do you do with them? You catch them. <laughs> what do you do with these gators? Well, as Heath knows, that's when the work starts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen that. I know that you cook some gators. I don't know yeah. if you cook all of them. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm asking. Yeah. Cook um, them that's, of course, you know, Saturday it was 110 plus it degrees. Was very hot. And uh, we, we, you know, 
got him at three o'clock in the afternoon and mm. and it was one of those we, the we hottest part yeah, of the day hottest part of the day <laughs> we, we don't have a walk-in cooler to put him in yeah. um if you put ice on him it's going to melt so fast right. and so we just made the decision um to let's let's clean him like right now and yeah. uh, and i've cleaned a bunch of them and and uh so you know that's what we did clean and got all the meat all the leg meat jowl meat tail meat you know all the meat we could get off of him off the back and and so we did all that Saturday and, uh, you know, until it got dark and, and it was out in that heat for <laughs> all that time. And, uh, very hot oh, that day. man, I just, a lot of meat off of him. Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of meat. We had to go buy another freezer <laughs> to put all the meat in. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's like anything. And I, I know you're the same way when I get that meat off, I, I clean the meat, I t- get all yeah. the fat off, all the gristle off. Yeah, we'll do it then. Yeah. You don't have to eventually do it, and then it's some freezing it with it all on there. Right, right. So now when anything I put in the freezer wild game-wise, and it's like that, it doesn't matter if it's duck breast, dub breast, it's ready to go. It's ready to go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's and it's a long process to, to do so that. So you've done it that way, but you've also cooked them whole in the past. Yeah. I've seen pictures where you've cooked You've cooked whole a lot gators. smaller gators. Yeah, yeah, smaller, not one that <laughs> right. Big. Well, you know when you cook but, them for an event or something, yeah. they have to be USDA, you know, alligators. It can't be one you get out right, of the ditch, right. you know. But yeah, I've cooked a bunch of those, and, yeah. and that's been a lot of fun. You know, you go to Denver or New York yeah. or Chicago or you people know, aren't you, used to seeing no, that. Uh-uh. What is the biggest um, USDA approved alligator you could get your hands on the cook? <laughs> that's a good question. Probably the biggest one I've gotten's been about. 50 to 60 pounds, you know, yeah. five feet long, somewhere in that area. Um, yeah, I, they're not going to do no great eight. I mean, that's a decent no. size, though. Yeah, it, it, it's a decent size. I, I've gotten to wear oh, meat, though. Yeah. You get well, done and yeah. stuff it. You're stuffing it, too, though, right? Well, I'm stuffing the tail, yeah. Once I lay it out and get all the fat out, um, I've got a style I do that, you know, the cream cheese and boudin and all that and put on a hot dog bun I call a redneck lobster roll. And then now i got another style I do where I put in this wild boar chorizo and I chop all that up and make it street taco with this this uh, lime cilantro slaw, pineapple lime cilantro slaw, and and uh, but what you have to do is 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 like if you do an event and you got so many people, you got to make it go as far as you can. Right. So doing little street tacos, hey, people get to eat alligator. It's really good, but it's going a lot further because if you just chop up the meat and hand it out, you're gonna get you know 40, 50 yeah. servings. Yeah. You do it the other way, you're gonna get 120, 140 servings. So. Um, a lot of sense. Yeah, I'll be doing an event, that, a charity event at Mossy Oak next month, um, Foxhole Shootout, and I'll do two of them, and I'll do both of them to be street tacos, and they'll have 400 people at that event, so, you know, I'll try to get yeah, 250, 300 servings, you know, I won't be able to get quite 400, but it makes it go a lot further. Right. That's yeah. what it does, so. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Well, you know, talking about, about all that and, and going on, what is some of your must-have football foods to cook while the games are on, and you're <laughs> and, into hunting. And camp. who who are you? Who's your team? Well, you know I'm a Delta State guy, <laughs> right? Cleveland, Delta State. You know, fighting over. Um, I graduated you know, from there. Graduate I have from a, Cleveland. My nursing degree. Hey, from give me a tater there. That's what I'm talking about. Heck yeah. Um, if SEC team, I I grew up a Tennessee fan. Um, oh okay. lord. Yeah, lord. no, you did. Don't. Think hey, you, Manning's going there. Uh, That's so they say, right? <laughs> well, I. I, I We'll Again, yeah, we'll Again, we'll he went there once. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but my mom went to UT. My All her family was from Knoxville. I grew up going to Knoxville every summer. Um, and it's like one of them as a kid, if you walk in and you see that yeah. sea of orange and 
you're done. You know, it's yeah. just uh, it was that that experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, I will say that is a cool stadium. Y'all got some football stuff going on right now, don't you? <laughs> a little bit of infractions and. Yeah, who doesn't? I mean, who doesn't? you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, we're an Ole Miss fan. We always got some stuff going <laughs> right. on, okay? We got all kinds exactly. of stuff going on. Well, well, let me get here. on Twitter. What's Lane up to today? Yeah, right. It's just yeah. a matter if they want to get you or not. Everybody's doing it. But but yeah. uh, When's it Saban's turn is what I want to know. Well, When's know. it Saban's turn? It's probably a lot of – That's the questions everybody asks. Yeah. That's the hard questions. <laughs> well, um, you know, the, the – the tailgating food, um, you know, I'm a big chicken wing guy. You know, gotta have some chicken wings and and uh, and, and bacon wrap anything. You know, <laughs> well, you can't beat bacon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you can't bacon wrap, little smoky. Bacon makes everything. Yeah, of course, good. I have them wild game in the in the freezer, and I like duck. You know, do pop poppers. You know, anything like that. And um, I love the dips and stuff you started doing. You know, getting into those and. Love any kind of thing like just that, different. So. I, I mean, we just been trying to do different little snack foods and yeah. different stuff, and yeah. and and you know, a lot of people love our videos, and of course we get some comments. People don't like stuff, but people I mean, don't I love them also. Everything, but I mean, it, it <laughs> don't bother us. Huh? We're just we're just we're just doing our own thing. Right. We may do dips this week, and maybe wings next week. We may do a long video for a buck the next. We just do yeah. what we like to eat. And, well, people know there's no intent here. You know, we're just doing what we like, you know, doing what we like to do and doing what we I'm enjoy. just walking in the grocery store going, yeah, I'm going to cook that. Yeah. I mean, if something will come to my mind or I'll see something online and I'll go, I'm going to do my own version, twist this up. Mm-hmm. And never look at a recipe. I just go mixing stuff together a lot of times. <laughs> well, that's the fun part. Till, till I figure out I like it, then I try to develop a recipe around it. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, and seeing something that looks very interesting and you're like, man. You know, if I do this with, with this and do this with that, I can make it my own and make it better and, you know, kind of that's right. go that way with it. But, you know, with these, you know, like drums and stuff, you can do the higher cooking, the higher temperatures. Yeah. You know, man, I, I bake pies and done cakes. And, oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's so it's very versatile. And, so um, many things. Yeah, so many things. And uh, What, are you uh, doing any tailgating events this year? I know you do a lot of different charity events. Are you got any football games planned to do big Big Man, I tell you, right now, um, I don't. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll thank goodness I'll be home for pig picking at Delta State. You know, really, is, yeah, that'd be first time in a hot minute, right? <laughs> a long time, uh, you know, but uh, but yeah, that's like the 23rd of September, and of course, that's also the NBN contest. Take care of my boy Austin now, oh, yeah, right? he's gonna be there. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll take do care that. Of him. He don't, he ain't coming out from that Delta, he loves those Delta cooks. <laughs> Man, I, I, I love it too. I do too. Mm. I love Oktoberfest is my favorite, like I said earlier. That's yeah. But we've never been to pig picking. No, uh, Austin uh, always brings me a T-shirt from there, but uh-huh. we've never. It's always the same weekend as something else. Is it the Royal Oak Invitational? Is no, it's usually no. in September. It may be the the American th- Royal. It flips. I think a in the bit. past it's always been the weekend of something else, and we've yeah. never gotten to go. But need to cook down there. I know. I want to go to Oktoberfest. Yeah. That's my favorite. Me and Dennis Cheshire just. Yeah, you know we got to butt heads <laughs> when when we can. Well, this year it just happens to be October, like I think it's eighth, seventh, eighth weekend, and so it's in between the American Rule, in between the Jack, and so yeah, we're you know are you going to the Jack? I'm sure um, you are, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I've been we at, will be at the Jack we're too. Coming. Cool. No, we're yeah. not cooking. We're just yeah. we're just going. I've uh, I've just I've been fortunate to be to judge it the last yeah. like five years. Are you judging this yeah. coming year? Yeah. And, so it's uh, the seventh. Octoberfest the seventh, mm-hmm. six it and is. seven. It is. And Leslie and I just talked, and and man, you know that people with U bonds, of course, mm-hmm. is kind of here and there. And we were like, man, we don't want to miss, you know, mm-hmm. Oktoberfest. It's like yeah. our 
the original one that Gary cooked in about. I love that contest. But uh, but yeah, Leslie talked and uh, and so. He was, she was like, we're talking about maybe we put hog on. And I was like, yeah, Jacob's going to come up from school. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to go hog at Memphis in May. So I, mean, I feel like we, Fest, so. we we skipped over a big a big point going back to barbecue. So people call you barbecue ninja. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? Tell us about that. I, it actually <laughs> it actually um, came from the, when that name came about, we were in New York at the Big Apple Barbecue Block Party. Mm-hmm. Used to cook up there for that every year at Madison Square Park. And there was a year we had um, a film crew there doing a documentary on yeah. Yvonne's. I don't know if you, it's one of those didn't really go mainstream. It, I watched it. Yeah. And the theater. You did. You, were, it you played down there. I, mean, I did sure come did. to the showing of that. You yes, did. I did. The, the uh, United States of Barbecue. I had to support Pop. And uh, yeah. Appreciate that too. That that meant a lot. I know, uh, but we were up there, and the guy uh, he was on the camera, and uh, and up there, and anywhere really, we cook outside. So I always right. wear a bandana, sweat on over the food, yeah. and then we're outside too. I wear sunglasses, and you know, it's just what I do. And I was just off to the side, and and didn't even have an idea he was behind me but i was over there and i was putting my bandana on and i was putting my sunglasses on that's kind of go time you know that's yeah. that's time that we're fixing to dive in the trenches we're fixing to light the fires and we're fixing to get busy because that was a very busy busy cook um but anyway i put the bandana on the sunglasses on i turned around and you know he was holding the camera and i just looked and and on a whim i just you know did a little <laughs> bow and kind of threw it up and and the cameraman said, the barbecue ninja arises, you know. Yeah. And uh, so. Uh, the barbecue ninja was born. It yeah. was born. Uh, but, I, you know, right there in the beginning, I, I didn't embrace it as much. Um, it was just kind of cool every time I put the bandana on. But a couple of years later, as a matter of fact, Leslie and I was in the airport going to Australia. We were doing a barbecue event over there. And I got a call in the airport from Food Network to do Chop Grill Masters. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I was like, okay, you know, got some things happening here, things going on. When we got to Australia, they introduced me as the Barbecue Ninja. And the people there really reacted to it. I mean, they really, you know, it was cool. The kids loved it. You know, they'd come up with the ninja stuff, kick me in my yeah. shin and stuff. Man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> try to stab you with a chef's right, knife. Right. And yeah. the guy, actually, the guy had one of these little ninja figurines or something. He gave it to me there, yeah. and I was like, Okay, you know, there's there's something Some, to this barbecue ninja thing, and and Leslie and I talked, and I was coming back. I was like, I, I need to I need to jump on this. You know, I'm fixing to go on national TV with Food Network, and you know, I need to. So I got back and I changed all my social media to the barbecue yeah. ninja, and and, uh, and then did the did the show, and and that's what they wanted on the show. They they were like, we don't want Craig Rock, man. You know, <laughs> we want the barbecue ninja. So that you know did the Got on the show with the bandana yeah. and everything, and and just really started going with it from there, and uh, and so yeah, it's it's like you know it's kind of a, a joke with Royal Oak now. Yeah, you know, I got got my you know start shirt on, they'll corporate Craig, you know, <laughs> and then they see the bandana going, it's a barbecue ninja. Yeah, you know? so it's kind of. Kind of fun play. You never knew that role play would come in a different light for you like that, right? <laughs> I have Barbecue Ninja stickers on random 
random things at home, I feel like. You never well, know. Well, Different who, events. You always have stickers. You know, who's going around? Uh, even uh, somebody was at Key West. Was it Mike D slapping Mike barbecue oh, ninja yeah. stickers I'm everywhere sure it we was. went? Yeah. Slapping them up. It's, been, it's, that's, it's just been a fun thing. You know, I had a... Uh, a couple from that that was that worked at the um, uh, Salt Lick in in Texas. They mm-hmm. went to Paris and they were like holding the barbecue engine at the Eiffel Tower in the background, and and so it's just different things. Like it's yeah. been fun. To, it's been a fun thing to to run with and go and have a brand. To, I bet to to work on and work with. So. You know, I don't have a face like that, so I got to cover I mean, I, you have a face for radio, Craig. Yeah, I do. Perfect. You got a face for radio. Perfect. We need to cover this. Just, just do the audio. You never heard that, have you? <laughs> Many times. Well, you know, we're going to show a pic of this gator that Craig killed. We're going to throw it up on the screen. I don't want to forget about that also as well during this uh, uh, video because that is a massive gator with a backhoe when I turned the page yeah. there. Yeah, we actually had to go get that backhoe to get that gator from the lake back it was five grown men couldn't get it. Did you weigh it? We didn't get to weigh it. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to, we had to, the scales that, that my buddy had was back in Greenville or something. Yeah. And man, we had to get on to cleaning that thing because we didn't want the meat to meet the spoil. So, so uh, we didn't get to weigh it. But, uh, so what'd y'all do with the cape if you don't mind me asking? Um, we're going to get it tanned. Um, yeah. Hang yes, it up. Matter of fact, yesterday I took all that to the taxidermist head, the, the cape. I, I didn't do a full body. I don't, when I clean them, I just take the cape, off, the risers off the back, all the way down to the to the tip of the tail where they go into the single, and then um, and then I take the rest of the the bottom part of the tail off, but the belly and all that. Um, the the guy that taught me how to clean them, he was like, man, if you ever cut that stomach, and that acid in that stomach gets out, it'll ruin everything. Mm-hmm. It'll ruin you it'll ruin your clothes <laughs> you know it's just a very acidic yeah and he said if it gets on any other meat it'll ruin Thanks. all that so um when i clean them i just like I said get the leg meat get the tail meat and what i can off the back the jowls and the neck and the rest i leave intact so kind of half skinning them to get the cape off then basically yeah mm-hmm. makes sense well yeah we're gonna we're gonna put that up in the house down there the the skull and the I mean, this guy's got a story, you know. We, I bet. We've been after him for, for six, six, seven years, so, I um, bet. you know, we want to be able to tell the story. It was pretty cool that the, the farmer that we, that we rent the place from, his son was with us on his first gator hunt. So, you know, kind of getting that next generation. You know, I'm about that with barbecue. I'm about that with hunting and, and all that. So it was cool that he was with us and got to experience that, too. That is pretty cool. Yeah. So tell everybody where they can find you at for everybody wondering. Uh, well, I live in Clayton, Mississippi, <laughs> <laughs> and weekends, if I'm not on the road, I'm at hunting camp. No, but uh, at uh, on my social media, uh, Facebook, I'm the BBQ Ninja. Also on Instagram, at the BBQ Ninja. Also on uh, TikTok, at the BBQ Ninja, and, and I'm Twitter, at the underscore BBQ underscore Ninja. So, uh, so yes, yeah, the the in front of the BBQ Ninja, I think somebody may have uh, wanted to be a bit BBQ Ninja before I came yeah. along, but uh, you are the barbecue ninja. Yeah, I kind of took the ball and ran with it. They just wanted it to happen. I made it happen. <laughs> well, you know what? Nothing wrong with that. Well, I for one appreciate you for coming all the way up here and oh, being man. on the show with us, Craig. Anytime. Uh, you enlightened me. You really got me. Uh, definitely want to do some alligator hunting now, <laughs> uh, for sure. But in the meantime, 
time to go do a little bit of dove hunting this weekend coming up. I, so I, Labor is, Day weekend, it is on the schedule to do that. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna alligator hunt at night, get a little sleep, and get up dove hunting today. I know it's a great t- great time of year. I mean, you know, football starting up. I hope I have enough shells. I hope I have enough shells bought up. <laughs> I hope I hope you have that many doves. So uh, I think I have sixty two cases of shotgun shells right now. <laughs> Think you I could, think that's the count I'm at right now. You could throw those and probably kill enough doves. <laughs> well, man, they were going up, so I, you know, yeah, I panic bought during the pandemic. Order. Yeah. No. There you go. There you well, go. look, we appreciate man. you coming on, shooting the queue today with us, and, and telling everybody, you know, just kind of who you are. And uh, we can't wait to have you out at the farm, and uh, we're going to do some grilling out there. Hey, anytime. Y'all two of my favorite people, and I'm phone call away. All right, now we're going to get ready to answer some mailbag questions. All right, so we have some mailbag questions for this week. Sometimes we do mailbag, sometimes we do negative comments. Yeah. This week we'll do mailbag. Um, all right, uh, what are some tips and tricks for building an MBN box for shoulder? Oh, wow, tips and tricks. First thing I'm going to say is you got to get your sauce scalding hot. You want to take kind of your pulled pork or your chopped pork, kind of pour that sauce over it a little bit, maybe dust it with a little rub. Toss it around, get it in the bottom of your box for a heat bed. And then you want to start selecting your chunks and plugs you want to go in the box and making sure you're taking your knife and kind of scraping the fat off a little bit of it, kind of putting a little sauce on them, start placing them in your box and arranging them. And that's good. You want to make sure you fill the box up. And anybody that cooks a Memphis-style contest or an MBN on a shoulder box, you want to almost be like at six pounds of meat in the box. You want to fill it up. Don't just give a judge a little bit of meat. Give them enough to choose from. Put chunks, plugs, tubes, whatever you can pull out of there and find, that's what you need to put in there. All right. I want juicy results for my pork butt. Can I cook it partially at 225 and then finish it off at 250? Of course. You can start a butt out low and slow at 225 and let it get up to around 150 degrees before you wrap it to be sure the bark is stuck good. Wrap it in foil, use a little bit of apple juice or butter bath or no liquid at all. That butt has enough of moisture in it. If you want to ensure a juicy butt, though, you got to get some Heath Rouse barbecue pork injection. It'll carry it over the top every time. All right. If I'm making your bourbon brown sugar pork belly burnt ends, can I substitute bourbon powder for real bourbon? All right, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Let's pull the man card on this one. <laughs> what man don't have a bottle of bourbon in the house? I'm going to say you can use the powder. You would probably need to melt it or cook it down in the sauce before you poured it over it. I probably wouldn't just dust the powder on top. Yeah. But I prefer a real glass because I'm always going to take a, take a swig out of it and pour a little bit in. When you take the wrap butt off of the smoker to rest, would you suggest setting it on the countertop or put it in a cooler like a Yeti? It honestly depends on when you want to eat it. If you want to hold it for several hours, I would say take the drain plug out of the Yeti and set it in there so it don't oversteam. Yeah. It can still let a little bit of heat out, but still hold the moisture in there and keep it warm and hot for you know seven, eight hours if needed. But if not, just set it on the counter, let it cool down because those muscles definitely need to relax for you to shred that butt. 
Can the butter bath be used as a thinning agent for barbecue sauce and still the, do the job that it was intended for? That is a great question. I know it will go good with the sauce mixed in to thin out the sauce, uh, but I would say it would still work mixed in with it if you made it thin enough with barbecue sauce. To so work. you haven't actually done that? I haven't actually done that before. Yeah. No. All right, last one. What's one recipe you didn't get right that you'd like to redo? Oh, wow. <laughs> that Dollar General hog that time. <laughs> that anyway. No, on. I'm honestly going to say the um, either my cinnamon rolls I made, I wouldn't have cooked them as long, or either my brisket uh, hash that I made. When I put my eggs in the skillet, we were trying to get the perfect shot, and my eggs didn't stay runny. They cooked all the way. And when I went in for that dip, that yolk was hard as heck. <laughs> so I would probably have to redo that. Other than that, it was a great dish. It just needed different, you know, some runny style eggs in it. So well, that's all I have. I hope everybody enjoyed the show today. Be sure to share it with your friends. We'll be back next week with a new podcast and another guest. Thank you for tuning in to the Shooting the Q podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or through our website. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Leave us a review if you enjoyed the show. Until next time, keep shooting the cue.